Welcome to the Higher Ed Huddle, where we discuss the most relevant topics with leaders in higher education. Today's podcast guest is Andrea Jekyll, CFO at Prescott College, a private four-year institution in Prescott, Arizona. Andrea spent the last 19 years in higher education, including leadership roles at Eastern Michigan University and Stockton University. At Prescott, she plays a vital leadership role in developing operational continuity plans and serves on the risk management team. This team developed a pandemic continuity plan and pandemic protocols that we will discuss. It's important to point out that Prescott College takes an experiential approach to education that is engaging and rigorous. Students take an active role in their education by creating their own degree plan around a set of core requirements and by collaborating with fellow students, faculty, community mentors, and people they meet as they travel and work in local communities. In this podcast, we will discuss the impact of COVID and how Andrea and the risk management team proactively manage and minimize the impact of her college and learn relevant risk management insights that higher education leaders can consider. Welcome, Andrea. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Joe. It's great to be here. We've seen a significant impact on higher education from COVID-19 this year. I've talked to many leaders who have shared how they have addressed a rapid switch to virtual operations and online teaching and learning and its challenges. Uh, you've faced a similar need in earlier half of this year. However, as an experiential learning institution, it was necessary to move back to an in-person teaching and learning mode in the safest way possible. Take us through the earlier part of this year and how Prescott College dealt with the implications of COVID-19. Oh, so we're probably uh, right where all the other institutions were in, in mid-March, um, trying to figure out exactly what we were facing. Um, Arizona had started to report more cases and um, the stay-at-home orders were given uh, shortly after our spring break. Um, knowing what was going to be facing us, uh, we made the decision two days after spring break, or actually a few days before spring break ended, gave our students an extra two spring break days and uh, proceeded to move everything online. Now, we do have a uh, good size uh, online learning program as it is, and so we had a lot of experience uh, with taking things online. And we do have our other 50% of our, or maybe a little bit less than that, is our resident students, our resident undergraduate students. And those were the students that we had to quickly transition to online. Um, we had actually built all of our courses, both online and residential structure uh, in the Moodle shell. And so we were well positioned to move all of our classes online. We also deployed our learning technologists and our course designers to assist our faculty for some last minute um, modifications to their courses and for some additional instruction. And because we were well prepared with our Moodle shells, we were able to transition all of our classes um, online via Zoom. That's, uh, I think that's great in that 
it really set you up for an easy transition to move the remainder of your classes into an online online mode. Um, can you talk to me about the planning and risk management initiatives that you had in place? I think that's part of it, but did you have other uh, plans and risk mitigation protocols in place prior to this? Uh, yeah, so um, our institution is experiential uh, learning, as you mentioned, and we have been accredited, our whole in, uh, institution has been accredited as such. We also have adventure education courses that um, have a great deal of risk. So when we think about risk at Prescott College, we don't necessarily think of it as most institutions do with regard to insurance. Our risk protocols um, have been developed for years out in the field in courses such as avalanche forecasting and Grand Canyon semester and um, rock climbing. So uh, we have very many uh, protocols developed and we have tabletop exercises regularly. Um, unfortunately, uh, we did not have fleshed out pandemic plans. We just weren't prepared for that. And, but uh, within that week's time, so to speak, or two days um, plus a little bit before spring break, we were able to adapt all of the other um, uh, risk management plans that we had and adapt that to a pandemic. And it took okay. us about a, about a week to come up with everything. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how easy was it to transition uh, the, the campus to, to a completely online environment? Uh, was there, uh, pushback on moving to that mode or did everyone understand the the implications of not doing so at that time oh it was all about education at the time from what i could remember so it wasn't hard to convince our faculty because most of them do work with those uh, risk management protocols in place um, especially all of our resident uh, students and faculty. So there was no pushback was never a discussion or never made its way into the discussion. And um, our students uh, with our faculty's help uh, began to understand exactly what we were talking about. We had actually brought um, our some of our students had already come back to campus and um, were we were prepared to do the online learning while having them in the residence hall, but then the um, stay at home order came from the governor and uh, we made the decision to send our students home. At what point were the students brought back to campus and what protocols did you have to put in place in order to have, you know, safe, uh, safe protocols or safe teaching and learning while they were on campus? Sure. So it probably took us the remainder of that, that uh, spring semester and then well into the summer to come up with all of the protocols. Um, from what kind of PPE were we going to need? What kind of additional supplies were we going to need? <clears throat> and how do we structure our programs uh, so that we could have minimum touch points between our students each other and uh, their faculty members. And so uh, we developed something we call the block classes. 
And uh, instead of uh, a student taking uh, four courses uh, in a semester, all running simultaneously, we made the decision to offer four classes in a semester, but only one class at a time. So now you would have one faculty member and potentially 10, 15 students that would spend four weeks uh, with each other. And then uh, when those four weeks are up, they entered a class again with uh, another, uh, or maybe even the same 10 or 15 people and one faculty member. So there was, if, if we had a uh, COVID issue, we would know uh, that one, it would be forced, it would be 10, roughly 10 students and a faculty member that would need to be quarantined as opposed to potentially uh, the three or four courses and three or four faculty members that that particular student would come in contact with. I think that's, I, I think that's a brilliant way of doing it and minimizing the potential um, impact of, of an affected student or faculty member, I, I think, um, is, is, that, is that something that you will continue with um, for the remainder of, I guess, this, uh, this year, this um, academic year, I should say? So spring, is that something you will continue with um, as you go forward? Yeah, as long as we um, have students on campus, I think we will continue that particular protocol until um, until we find a vaccine or something uh, much larger than us happens to allow um, students to go back to uh, the typical mm. courses. Um, however, it is working out fairly well. And so we may see that we continue this regardless. Is, is this an approach that um, you're sharing with, with other institutions uh, in the state or in, in the region or uh, with, with other uh, private, uh, you know, smaller institutions that are struggling? Because I, I think this is certainly a, a good approach that can be, um, you know, shared with other institutions. Yeah. Um, if it is being shared, and I, I imagine it is, um, so we are part of the EcoLeap, which is similar institutions um, with an environmental uh, uh, mission, so to speak. Uh, and I can't imagine that we're not sharing it with our close institutions that we work with on a regular basic basis. Additionally, there are some of us here at the institution that serve uh, in the Higher Learning Commission's peer review corps, and I'm sure it's being discussed there as well. Sounds like a great model. Um, can you share, you know, if, if you've had challenges uh, this summer and fall with this program, what what have those challenges have uh, challenges have been, and and how you've overcome them? Well, so students are students, people are people, and it's very hard <laughs> for us to be isolated for uh, you know a uh, very long time, and so we probably find it very challenging, just like other institutions, um, to help our students uh, remember uh, all the proper protocols. We. Um, 
have a unique opportunity here at Prescott College because we are experiential. And part of that is a um, orientation that we conduct when our students come to campus. It is a four week um, wilderness experience. And as part of that experience, it is led by uh, one person with many assistants. And so we have those students for four weeks to impress upon them the importance of social distancing and wearing your masks and washing your hands and, and all of those protocols that have been identified by the CDC. So it, they are completely immersed into it, into it. And so we do find that our students, for the most part, um, really strictly adhere to all the protocols we've developed, um, including the social distancing. Uh, some of the challenges still continue to be some of the social distancing. Um, and so uh, everybody here at the college, faculty, staff, uh, we continue to work with our students and remind them of how very important it is. And given that we are uh, very um, community-based and adventure-based, our students really want to um, be able to continue to stay on campus. Yeah, I imagine um, that's the challenge, is the desire to, to be more engaged um, in the community and, and out in, I guess, in the environment um, in, in a safe way. Yeah. And uh, I, I imagine it's been really tough, especially with the different type of protocols that are in place, not just at the at the college level, but uh, maybe at the state level, um, with with respect to you know COVID nineteen protocols. Certainly, everyone can wear masks and, and you know operate in a safe manner. Um, has the risk management team been engaged on a regular basis throughout this and? Maybe you can describe what some of the some of the activities that the risk management team is doing uh, through this time. Um, so yes, uh, risk management. So once we got our students back to campus, and we brought them back in a very unique way too. I forgot to mention this. Is so we have about two hundred and some odd students on campus. We actually brought back our students in two um, separate uh, onboardings, if you will. And um, that would be 100 students came to campus. They uh, took the COVID tests uh, and followed all the protocols leading up to them going out on orientation. Once that group of students was out on orientation, we brought the second group of 100 students to campus and tested them and then they were sent out on orientation. So the, the more we um, staggered things, the, um, uh, the less, uh, the more manageable it became for us. Yeah, that's, I, think, I think that's a good way of, um, you know, bringing students back to campus in a, in a uh, methodical or, or staggered approach, uh, really to, to lessen the impact. Um, Obviously, the things that we, we, we've learned so much and we know so much more now than we did in the early part of this year. Um, and, you know, practicing safety, 
having good safety protocols, I should say, uh, is is certainly important, um, regardless of size. Yeah, we did uh, continue to be engaged the risk management team. It, we've been engaged this entire time. We've observed student behavior. We've worked with our faculty to um, design outdoor classroom space that we're well, maybe not today because it's a little cool out, but <laughs> we have been using um, up to this point, which involved um, kind of tents outside to, um, to allow for more fresh air, uh, to have um, our IT department uh, is developing a mobile cart so that these outside spaces will have technology in them as well. Um, and, uh, the risk management team continues to um, work the what if scenarios. Uh, what is it gonna look like after our students come leave for Thanksgiving and come back? Um, right now, what we're doing is uh, we leave for Thanksgiving and then I believe there's another two or three weeks um, afterwards for the remainder of the semester. Um, right now, we are encouraging students to stay on campus. Um, if they go home, to be prepared to finish up the course all online via Zoom. And if they are going to come back to campus, which we only expect to have a few um, students do that, they will have to be quarantined and tested. I think those are sound protocols. Um, Will you allow students to stay in the residences throughout the um, holidays uh, around Christmas? Will they have the opportunity to stay uh, yeah. on campus? Yes, um, we will. I, we don't, the feedback we're getting now is that students are going to travel. Mm. And so it will be um, bringing them back for the uh, spring semester will be similar to what we went through for the fall semester, which is, uh, we will most likely stagger them coming back and we will um, be quarantined and testing. Now, there is no orientation. It'll go right into the classroom setting um, when they come back. I forgot to ask you, is there a mask? I, I assume there's a mask mandate on campus. Um, can you describe the risk management team? Who comprises the members of this team? Um, so I comprise, well, I'm on the team um, uh, largely because of my work with continuity of operations and also um, the insurance piece. Uh, we have our, we actually have a dedicated risk manager to the institution and most of her time has been spent dealing with the day-to-day nitty-gritty kind of uh, uh, trying to keep everybody safe. Uh, we also have a field warehouse where we store all of our canoes, kayaks, um, and uh, they are part of the risk management team because of their um, experience in, in adventure education, uh, which also has a lot of risk management protocols attached to it. Our director of facilities is on that team and our director of housing. Good cross-section across mm -hmm. campus. Um, 
you mentioned um, before before we started the call, you mentioned you might you might have an opportunity to share uh, a situation where your plans were tested and and maybe what the outcomes of of uh, that situation uh, is. Uh, would would appreciate if you could elaborate a little bit more on that and and share uh, share your experience with uh, the situation and how your plans uh, you know addressed it uh, effectively or not. So uh, we did have uh, someone who was exposed to um, a, a positive COVID uh, testing individual in our, <clears throat> pardon me, Student Solutions Center, which is uh, very much like a one-stop. And they have some student workers over there as well. The minute we found out, we limited all access to the Student Solutions Center, uh, notified every individual, um, and then uh, and then moved all of their work onto online. We took the students that were the student workers, uh, and we quarantined them and uh, placed their classes online. And so subsequently, we did have one. Uh, positive test, which was a, an employee in the Student Solutions Center. Um, none of our other individuals, our other employees and or students tested positive. And we brought, um, we allowed uh, the three courses that were put fully online in prevention of um, spreading uh, back to uh, in-person. Well, that's remarkable that this is, these are the first cases, right, for you as, as a campus. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in my conversations with other leaders, uh, there have been a lot of cases on many of the larger institutional campuses. Um, and I, I think regardless of size, I think it's remarkable. It just speaks to um, the good measures and protocols that you have in place to keep everyone as safe as possible. And certainly, it, you know, I think the, the point here is that you have to have good good measures in place to to address um, the the chance that when you do have uh, when you do have a case, how do you address it effectively? And it sounds like you have some good protocols in place to do that. Um, any lessons learned um, from from that experience? Any you know any changes to the plans um, based on what's happened or do you feel confident that the plans that you have in place are, you know, are working effectively and, and really just, you know, um, continue moving forward? Yeah, so we're a small institution, and I think that's really, really helped us be able to manage this thing. Um, and from the outcomes of what recently happened, I would say that we will continue all of the protocols and to continue to offer the block courses. Had it been, had, had, these were three students who were ex potentially exposed, um, which resulted in the three classes being um, impacted. Had we not gone to this block, type um, structure, then it probably would have been a lot more classes, um, you know, depending on um, the, what the contract contact, <laughs> contact tracing revealed, we could have had to um, impact a lot more students and a lot more classes. So I, I really believe that our protocols um, work very effectively. 
I'm really happy to hear that. Um, for, for other leaders considering um, a protocol, for, for example, I know a lot of institutions are 100% online right now. They're not going to risk bringing students back, uh, at least not uh, for the fall term. Mm -hmm. uh, we're already towards the end of that. And then certainly some institutions have announced spring will be fully online. However, there's a lot of institutions that are still on the fence and they're deciding what, what they're going to do in spring. For those that are considering bringing back uh, students to campus in, in, a, in maybe a, control, a more controlled setting, uh, what advice would you, would you give them? Oh, um, so uh, I don't know that the black system would work for every institution, but absolutely I would consider doing any variation of a schedule that would allow for the least amount of contact between student to student and student to faculty. Um, education, hugely important. Um, I, I believe that part of the reasons that our students are um, adhering to our protocol so well is that they really um, had one person uh, speaking to them for uh, quite a uh, period of time delivering the same message. So that was hugely important for us rather than an ad hoc kind of uh, communication that might come from faculty or it might come from staff, it might come from the president. Um, having the students uh, being a captive audience, so to speak, is, is, is very important, I do believe. Um, and not letting down. Don't, you know, not stopping, always having an eye out for the students to see their behavior. What we've noticed is um, at the cafe, now our cafe is closed uh, and it's to go. And so uh, we do have outside seating. And what we've noticed is the students will follow the perfect protocol until they get their food and sit down. So right now we're working on, and, and it's hard to, for our cafe staff to police that all the time. So right now we are working on ways of um, uh, designing our outdoor seating uh, so that it's only uh, an inviting to one person at a time. Now I know in Prescott, it, it, I don't think you get a lot of snow, um, but it, it does get kind of cool during the winter. It's not as warm as in Phoenix. Um, are you accommodating out, more outdoor seating with tents or heaters mm -hmm. or anything like that to allow people to remain semi-outdoors, but you know, at, a, at a safe distance? Yes, yes. We uh, just ordered some heaters. We're gonna continue with the tents. Um, we, uh, our, our students do a lot of um, in the field learning, so to speak. So uh, those, those courses continue to happen as well. And, um, and, and sometimes it could be in a, a more abbreviated way. Um, we've, uh, we have a um, field station in Kenya, Africa, and uh, we offer that course in the summer. And we have pulled all of those travel plans, but our students are incredibly interested in the course. So uh, we are right now working on a way to um, 
to con to actually conduct that course, but in a virtual way. Uh, and so they are busily right now uh, installing equipment to be able to um, have that interactive experience in Kenya and between uh, the Maasai and our students. And one of the Maasai leaders will be on campus teaching the course. That's fascinating. Yeah, so uh, we've gotten a little creative. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think that, I, I think I know the answer to this. I don't think um, that the virtual technology will replace Mm -mm. Uh, the ability for students to travel to a different country and, and, and take a course or, or learn uh, about other communities. Um, but I imagine that technology has really helped bridge the gap during this time. Um, when, when do you anticipate uh, things to get back to a new normal or uh, to allow travel? Will the college wait until a vaccine's in place? Uh, I, I imagine uh, with the spike or the increase in cases right now, uh, travel restrictions will, will be um, either extended or put in place for the foreseeable future. I can't imagine that, um, you know, that will be removed anytime soon. But I, I think with, uh, with a vaccine, there may be um, sometime next year, possibly, Hmm. Uh, give people an opportunity to travel again? Is that something that, you know, the risk management team is kind of having a discussion about or, dis or, or at least keeping an eye on? So we have a field station in Quino Bay, Mexico as well. And we actually are allowing our, our students and our faculty to travel to Quino Bay this semester, uh, but it will be an abbreviated stay. So I don't know if it's going to be two two weeks or so, um, but we we do all the transporting of our students down to Mexico, so um, travel is not as much of an issue mm. as if you had to fly. And with regard to Kenya, I imagine until uh, the risk management team feels that um, it's safe enough for our students to go, we won't entertain um, traveling over there. Um, hopefully, I know it's not the same as hands-on, um, but hopefully what we've um, uh, come up with for this next semester uh, will keep them engaged and perhaps they'll be able to go to Kenya themselves in a subsequent semester. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the, the thing I really want to point out to our listeners, and, and this is something you've shared with me in the past, is that you, you've had very little impact on your enrollment. Um, and maybe you can speak a little bit to that. Yeah, so um, it, it, we have not had significant impact on our enrollment, um, fortunately. We had designed and looked at several models that went from zero impact to we have to put everything online and we don't know what's gonna happen beyond that. And so we've been very fortunate. Part of the reason I do believe we've been that fortunate is that we um, came out with our protocols very early um, and, and went with the assumption that we were going to be teaching on campus. Uh, and with that, that development of all those protocols and um, our history, uh, in adventure education and risk management, 
I think that gave um, many students as well as many, many parents a um, confidence in the institution that we could keep the students safe. I, I think that's a really great way to end uh, our podcast today. I, I, I really, I really appreciate you taking time today and sharing your insight. I think what Prescott College is doing is fantastic. And I think there's a lot of lessons learned that other institutions and other IT leaders can consider applying to their organizations. And um, I, I think it's wonderful and uh, it, it's great, uh, great to have you on the podcast, uh, Andrea. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you, Joe. It was a real pleasure being here. Great. Uh, check back next month for another great topic and a great guest. Until then, stay well.